You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. May I begin by thanking my dear friend, my colleague, my brother in Christ for those two generous words, but as very kind and as actually we could close off right now. <laughs> Let me read to you from Ephesians 5, 19 through 21. Be filled with the spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. The later part of the Bible, the New Testament, dearest of books, is filled with homey illustrations from the time and place, the circumstances of our Lord Jesus Christ when he lived and uh, moved among us in his mortal form, stones and fish and eggs, the wind and tide, Caesar and his merely earthly authority. And it often come to me that if our Lord were alive today and lived and moved among us again in his mortal form, I refer to his mortal form only, of course he is present in his spiritual form, but in his mortal form, it seems to me that he would use language, commonplace, everyday language that would speak to us. He would speak to us in the same terms that he spoke to them. He said he would. When he left to join his Father in heaven, he promised he would send the Holy Spirit to guide us and comfort us. When the Spirit of truth is come, he said he will guide you into all truth in John 16, which is just as well because our world abounds with snappy illustrations. Just this week in chapel, on Monday, our president made reference to what she called, rightly called compelling uh, parallels, uh, compelling metaphors. I got it right, compelling metaphors, if she's here. <laughs> compelling metaphors, a momentary slip. I have the most of the text was memorized. <laughs> Talked about uh, the uh, metaphors of sailing, wind in your sails, the anchor, lighthouse. And then on Wednesday, Mr. Ken Wales reminded us that the reason the Bible is the greatest source of stories in Western civilization is that the sacred authors relied so often on parables, which brings me to now. Our world just sparkles with illustrations. Now, I don't know how many of you are preparing for the ministry, but if you are, try to avoid using a book that was once quite common among people of your sort, that is to say, who were preparing for the ministry. It was called Snappy Stories Preachers Tell. Steer clear of it. Use snappy illustrations from the world around you. Use snappy illustrations from hopefully your snappy lives. Which reminds me, for instance, in this very chapel right now, there is an illustration which can open a topic I think will be of some interest to all of us living together in a Christian community and which will make our visitors, our visiting musicians, feel a little bit more welcome. And that is that there are parallels between living and working in a Christian community and playing in a band. And I should know because I've done both. Lived and worked in this community for many, many years, as my dear brother pointed out to you, many, many years. How well I remember, how well I remember when electricity first came. <laughs> the first automobile chugging into town. 
the wonderful news that we had beaten the Germans in World War I. <laughs> it all comes back to me when I sit here in this sacred hall. <laughs> Steeped in memories. And I, at one time, played in a band. I played the E-flat bass, I played the bass drum, but for most of my undistinguished career as a musician, I played the slide trombone. So there are, in my mind, some real and some practical parallels between living in a community and playing in a band, which I've done, and I would like to open just a few of these to you. The first of these parallels is that when you live in a Christian community and when you play in a band, you have to learn to defer to one another. You have to learn to esteem one another, as the Bible says, very highly in love for your work's sake. You need, to, you need to learn to work together in a sense that you give in to other people on things that are unimportant, so long as they don't detract from the great purpose that you are united in achieving, even if they are important to you. You're still willing to set them aside or give them up altogether if by so doing you advance the purpose for which you are all called together. Christian community, a successful band, a successful choir. You have to bear always in mind that what matters is the result. What matters less is whether your contribution to the result is rewarded or even recognized properly, as you might think, or even recognized at all. Because the joy that you take in working together in a band, in a community, living together, is the pleasure God gives you in the achievement, the final purpose, the final goal, the product. The pleasure you take is what you have done for the whole. And you bear in mind that every little extra time in practice, every little extra time studying the music in advance, every little extra work you do in the community, you're studying, every gesture of kindness and thoughtfulness, patience of deference to other people, all of this contributes, little bit, little bit, little bit, all of this together contributes to the glorious whole. Remember, remember the Bible says that whatever we do, whatever we do, do it as unto the Lord and not unto men. Now my dear friend, Dr. Howard Barnett, has honored me by coming out from Lexington to join us this morning and I did not know he would be here when I put into my outline this next, I couldn't possibly have put it in since I saw you because uh, it's already taped up. But Dr. Barnett uh, has been my friend for um, the whole time. He came one year later than I did, and so he and I have been friends for many, many years. He retired 20 years ago from the position that Dr. Thomas has now, and, I, and my wife and I and his wife and uh, him, uh, he, we've all remained friends, uh, see each other socially. But he one time told me something which I've never forgotten, which comes near to being the most useful thing I ever heard, and it was just this. There is very little limit to what you can do for the kingdom of God so long as you don't care who gets the credit. Now, by the way, a critical part, an important part of deferring to other people and helping them along the way and encouraging them in a community is avoiding special language, funny language that only you and your fellow initiates know so that you can correspond with each other quite happily and everybody else is left out. Try to avoid that. And there are illustrations spring to my mind this very second. For instance, I'm developing kind of a linguistic skill. I'm not fluent yet, but I have a rudimentary vocabulary in a language we can call musicolalia, the special language of music. <laughs> and my particular specialty in musicolalia is percussionese. <laughs> this is a sub-dialogue. How many of you are percussionists? Now, honestly, no. 
percussionists, I'm seeing percussionists. Oh, well, excellent. The majority of you are not percussionists and will be left out of what I'm going to say. Perfect. Perfect illustration. I will now try a few simple terms in percussionese to my fellow percussionists. Remember, I played the bass drum briefly, so I qualify. <laughs> You'd think, by the way, that it would be impossible to go wrong playing the bass drum. Wrong. <laughs> now I'm going to say a few simple terms in percussionese. Tap, tap, tap. <laughs> tap, tapity, tap, boom. <laughs> See? The rest of you left out. Now I will say a more complicated level of the vocabulary. Flam tap. Flam? Flam paradiddle. Flam paradiddle diddle. These are real terms. Flam paradiddle diddle. Flamacue. Rough. Ramacue. Are you all lost except my percussionist buddies? I will now make the illustration a little bit more pointed by slipping seamlessly into theolalia. Theolalia is the special language of the deep things of the church. <laughs> Substitutionary atonement. <laughs> Inerrant and infallible in the original manuscripts. Huh? Huh? Is this good? Of course, I could just as easily cite, because I could just as easily say the same thing by citing a wonderful old Sunday school song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. But that'd be too simple. Everybody would get it. Nobody would be left out. The idea of a special language is that you're not communicating very widely. You're only communicating to your initiates. How about, I want to make sure you're completely not with me, or the whole illustration will be lost if very many people are, oh, I don't know. How about um, total eradication? Or Wesley Arminian. I, by now, the hall should be filled with weeping penitence. The force of these words should be convicting. Their hearts should be melting. Total eradication, Wesley and Arminian. Your lives are changed. Now I'm going to hear, I know I'm going to hear, I'm hearing now, mutterings coming to me telepathically. Disloyal to the traditions of Asbury. Nay, loyal to the cross. Christianity Today did a survey, and it was just published this month in Leadership Magazine, uh, which pointed out that even words like evangelical and fundamental or fundamentalist are lost on the current generation of believers, the current generation of people. We live in confused and mixed time spiritually, and even such terms as that, which are common enough, which everybody, almost everybody in our context would understand, even those words are lost. So I do not say that we should diminish or lose the great truths that John Wesley shared from the Bible, great work of salvation, the great second continuing, deep, infilling, burning work of the Holy Spirit. What I do say is that part of working together and deferring to one another and having a ministry and having a purpose and accomplishing it will be to speak English to one another. <laughs> Secondly, living in a community and playing in a band requires that you be prepared to play your part correctly. It is not enough, it is not enough to simply hope things are gonna turn out well. It's gonna have general disposition that well, things will end happily in the end. You've got to prepare, you've got to practice, you've got to think ahead. 
So when the band director points to you and says, we have reached your part, we have reached your part. It no time left for you to learn the positions or to remember what it means when there's little flags and things or when the, uh, the little stem for the note is uh, down instead of up or that there's little strange symbols there next to the, uh, the time signature. <laughs> what does that mean now? Hmm. No time. Trust me, the trombone is the ideal illustration for the perils that await the unprepared musician. <laughs> Unlike God, the trombone is not forgiving. <laughs> it gives you exactly seven ways to be right and an infinite number of ways to be wrong. <laughs> All of which I found. <laughs> One time or another. It's the same way in community. When God turns to you and says, we have reached your part, it's too late for you to fall back on prayer and fall back on the word. When your plans that you've also carefully laid, your practical plans, or your plans based on material, or your plans based on what you know, when those plans come a cropper, fail you, that is your real plans, you're in a crisis, it's too late to fall back on God, the Holy Spirit, the Word. You've got to be prepared when God calls on you. You've got to be prudent. You've got to pray. You've got to learn the Word. You've got to rely on, the, on common sense. You've got to rely on the good advice of people you've come to trust. The work of living and building a Christian community will rest on the extent to which you have prepared yourself, period. I think I'm safe in saying that I don't think it matters very much how devoted you are to the concept of God's supreme power. No one believes that God does every little thing in our life. He carves every little bit of the sculpture. Uh, he plays every little note that he determines every little thing. We know that's not true because uh, Jesus our Lord says it's not true in the scriptures when he tells us what we should do. And the apostle is even more explicit in Hebrews 12 when he says that we are called to run the race that's set before us. No, it's a race. You've got to be prepared. You've got to be in training. You've got to be ready. You've got to be willing. It's a race. Ready, set, go. Remember on Wednesday that Mr. Wales reminded us, and it was a punchy reminder to me, that life is choice. Christianity is choice. It is intentional. You've got to be ready. You've got to be prepared. You've got to do your part. You do not get to throw yourself into the ocean like a dead sponge and float helplessly around, hoping for rescue. Thirdly, you've got to live and play at the right speed. We musicians refer to speed as tempo. And it is possible for tempo to be played too fast. It's no good you playing all your notes very quickly so that you can sit back and relax and enjoy the rest of the piece. <laughs> it is possible to play your Christian life too fast as well. Now, you don't like to hear me say this because you like speed and our highly electronified age of information technology confirms you in that preference. And it is a wonder, it is a wonder. For instance, I typed into Google the phrase, going too fast, and I got 79 million hits in 0.11 seconds, 11 hundredths of a second. Now, of course, I, nobody ever goes to page 3000 to see what's on there. The first 12 things were more than I wanted. <laughs> So we do live in an age that gratifies your desire for speed, but it's very possible to get ahead of God. It is very possible to get ahead of the Holy Spirit, and that is a terrible mistake. It may well be that God will call you to be a leader, 
He may call, he may privilege you to be, perhaps, to be at the edge and pushing, pushing ahead. But that means you're at the edge. It does not mean you are a disconnected atom off by yourself. And it is also possible to play too slowly. Very possible to play. In fact, it's more common to play too slowly. You play at the speed with which you are comfortable with your playing skill, musically speaking. Never mind you somehow lose sight of the fact that the rest of the band is 12 measures ahead of you. You're comfortable, you're moving along at your speed, you can figure out all the positions, you've got the key in your mind, you know, you know what fourth position, oh yes, let's see what that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the piece is over. It's very, very possible to be left behind. Dear ones, do not be left behind by the body of Christ. Do not be left behind by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, his word, those people in the body of Christ that know you, cherish you, who need you, count on you, who love you, they are moving. And if you slow down or if you stop, you will be left behind. Don't stop along the way because it's comfortable or because it's familiar. Don't stop along the way because someone tells you to, even your parents, your denominational tradition, even Asbury College. If any should tell you, don't go further with the spirit because if you do, you will not be affirmed. You will not be approved. You will not be loved. That is ghastly. That is terrible. Move with the Spirit. Move with the body of Christ. Whether you're ahead of the Holy Spirit or behind, whether you're ahead of the body or behind, don't let any daylight appear. Because if you do, you're on your own. And if you're on your own, you're sunk. I remember the night I was saved in the Salvation Army, to which Brother Reynolds made reference. I remember the song they played. It was 40 years ago. And I remember the song they played. It was, pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. And while others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Finally, follow the leader. Great ensembles are fresh and new and alive because they are in the hands, they're in the mind, they're in the heart of their leader. So too great communities, right-minded communities, right-hearted communities. So we pray that it will please God that our little college will be right-minded and right-hearted and always in the hands and the heart and the spirit of our Lord God. As many as are led by the spirit of God are the children of God, Romans 8, 14. Be filled with the spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now we have come to a place of parting. I ask you to play well in hope, to play carefully in faith, and to play together in love. We are now at Fine, and there is no da capo. <laughs> And the reason there is no da capo is that in life sometimes there are second chances. In grace, there's always a second chance, but there are no repeats. Go, enjoy in peace.